Hello and welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. I'm Kelso, and I'm Kyla, and I'm Carl. And we're gonna we're gonna peel back the curtain here and let you all know that uh, we have attempted three times to get this episode recording. So if the energy's a little low starting out, that's why. <laughs> we're welcome to technical difficulties. The podcast. Yep, that's fine. I yeah. think we're good now. I mean, We're... I don't want to say that and jinx it. So yeah, j- yeah, yeah. So it's all, oh, it's I'm all knocking, going wrong. I'm knocking on all the IKEA synthetic wood I can find Same. nearby. Same. Um, I'm not, I'm look, I knocked on on a guitar, which is probably more real wood than an IKEA desk. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think they're um, both real wood. Yeah, uh... but this this one's gonna be like MDF, like particle. Stuff I could actually see the wood grain on these guitars that my boyfriend has so kindly left next to the desk. So, okay, yeah. Um. Oh yeah, Huck brought me a a little a little the little wooden charm I got. I don't think I mentioned I've, I I uh, I don't know if I told the story on here about how I like ordered some stuff from Afternoon Fika, um, who's like an artist that I really like on Twitter. And I ordered like 80 bucks worth of stuff that I was really excited for. And then the package got lost in the mail. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, no, it was it was super tragic. And I'd been like afraid to order anything since. But recently I kind of like forced myself to get over it. And I made another smaller order. Uh, and this one came in and I have a bunch of like really cute wooden keychains now. So nice. Huck brought me one of my wooden keychains to knock on. Also, um, it's afternoon Fika. Is it Fika? Okay. Um, afternoon Fika, uh, very, very good artist. Uh, like just, just the cutest little things. I got a keychain, a little Amaterasu keychain, a little like Raptor keychain, uh, like Utah Raptor, um, and a little a bearded dragon with, I think, some blackberries. <laughs> he's, he's nomming some blackberries. Very cute. I'm looking at this website. Of this artist, these are cute. I had not heard of this person before. Oh yeah, they they also go I think by Floofy Fluff. Okay. Um, and uh, it's just like literally their store opens like once every month or two, and then sells out in like six hours. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, that'll happen. Uh, it's it's like last time I the the time when my stuff got lost, I was like. I made like I set an alarm on my phone to make sure that I like got there right as it opens so I could get exactly the things I want and I bought like some gifts for people that I was really excited about and I'm like still super mad that I lost that package. Yeah. There was so much cool stuff. That's always a pain in the ass. Um but you know, international shipping, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Um, it, the thing is, like, it was tracked. It had package tracking and it was listed as delivered. So I guess it's possible it got like stolen off my doorstep uh, but they usually don't deliver it to my door they usually put it in our mailbox um so i don't even know yeah that yeah i've had that happen to me as well where it said it was delivered and then it like it wasn't at my door it wasn't at the leasing office and then it turned up like a week later after i had already ordered a replacement so yeah, that's you know. that was what another person said was like, oh, you never know. Sometimes like it does end up showing up later, and I'm like, man, I really wish 
that was true, but it, this was like months ago at this point, so I don't yeah. think it's going to happen. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, sad times. Um, but uh, yeah, so so po- apologies to our audience for uh, the big gap uh, between this and the previous podcast. It's the holiday season. We just we got stuff to do. Yeah, we're getting 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 deep into it. I yeah. this is the first time speaking of holiday season. This is the first time I've worked at a company, and I didn't know that that places even still did this. But I just have they just gave us all turkeys, so I have a turkey. What? Yeah, I, I, so I just have a turkey in my freezer. I don't know what I'm gonna do with it because I'm not even gonna be here for Thanksgiving. <laughs> What so, are you, Bob Cratchit? I know. So, I think I y'all are allowed to eat turkey other days. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but the the big issue is that it's like thirteen pounds and it's frozen solid, so it'll take like a week t- at, at <laughs> least to thaw, to thaw out. So I think I'm gonna um, take it to my boyfriend's parents' place because they've got an extra like big standing freezer that they mm. you know have stuff in and just make it their problem um and do it at like christmas or something since we're gonna be yeah for christmas that makes sense yeah. uh the one of the 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 person so i always do like a friendsgiving type thing where like you know we we get all of our local friends who aren't traveling home somewhere for uh for thanksgiving and then we all just have one big meal together mm-hmm. and our friends who are doing the to the turkey this year messaged like oh hey i was like shopping for groceries and apparently i got enough stuff that i got a free turkey so uh like i have the turkey and i'm like what what where a where were you shopping and b how much did you spend that you ended up with a free turkey that's that is one hell of a promotion yeah huh well yeah yeah. I'm getting to wonder about the turkey surplus in this country. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, they're, just, they're just giving them away. Uh, they're taking over. <laughs> yeah. Look, they're, uh, I they're, mean, they're a native species, so really they're taking they're taking their land back, probably. <laughs> <laughs> they're retrieving. Uh, well, I mean, domestic turkeys are not... Like, wild turkeys, sure, but domestic turkeys would are, like, no longer able to... <laughs> Yeah, like survive in the world. Suppose true. I think I've maybe mentioned this last year, but supposedly domestic turkeys have lost the instinct to eat uh, when they're young, so they have to be taught to eat food by they like put shiny things in the food to make them peck at it, Whoa. so that they'll like get food in their beak and like get the idea yeah, that it's oh, oh this is food I can eat this. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, my stupid birds. <laughs> yep. My parents actually, um, where they live, uh, around this time of year, so maybe I'll see some next weekend when I'm out there, is they, they just have wild turkeys just around. Like, it's not, they're not their wild turkeys or anything, they just kind of live around the area, so sometimes you'll just see some turkeys, like, wandering across the yard. Oh yeah, no, we used to have those, uh, where I grew up, uh, in Pennsylvania, and you'd be like, like driving down one of the back roads, and you'd be stopped by like a big old flock of turkeys just crossing the road or something. Yeah, yeah, we had their uh, yeah. People hunt them. Yeah. <laughs> Huck is trying to tell me stories about turkey hunters in the background. And here, 
apparently they don't have to wear the same, you know, bright colored visible jackets as everyone else is required to. So on average, they're more likely to be shot than that's your average hunter. Huh, that, that's weird that, that they don't have that requirement. Or that maybe, that's maybe like the a turkeys. Oh, the turkeys like can see it. Yeah, maybe like the turkeys can see it more than other types of, of hunted animals. I don't know. Strange. Um, but I guess that's a thing. Um, it seems silly. Like if you're, if it's, if it's a safety thing, you would think it would be required just regardless. If you're in the woods hunting, yeah. uh, during hunting season, you should be wearing protective gear. I mean, I guess it's at your own risk that you don't wear like a bright orange jacket. Every hunter is a um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, I am I am looking forward to this is I I may have mentioned this again last time but like Thanksgiving's my favorite holiday um because a I like to eat uh and b I really like the just conceptually that having a holiday dedicated to like taking the time to be grateful for what you have and yeah. and to reflect on the positive things in your life I think that like I I really really love that so yeah, uh, increasingly as I've gotten older, I think Thanksgiving is also my favorite holiday because I I don't do anything for Halloween anymore. So, <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I guess if I if I had been asked to guess your favorite holiday and had thought about it for a moment, I probably would have guessed Halloween. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's that that is the choice, and I would have said the same until I don't know, probably a few years ago. But now it's like, yeah, man, give me give me them Turks. Give me that. Give me the the mashed potatoes. <sighs> yeah, I'm looking forward to. Now, and of course, because I can't, I can't stop myself. I can't not just take over the kitchen. So, I did do a lot of cooking again this year, but yeah. Whatever. Yeah, last year, last year I learned the secret of like pre-cooking a bunch of stuff the day before and then just heating it up the day of. Ah, so much better. Yeah. yeah. I'll probably do uh, that with some of the stuff, but I'm not getting it until, like, late Wednesday night, so... Oof, yeah. Um, Alright, should I try for the third time to tell my Banff story? Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I believe so, in you. So, yeah. How's my connection holding up? Holding up. Okay. So I went to Banff, you guys. Um. So for those who don't know... Banff is like a tiny little mountain town in Canada. Um, and I guess a while back, the Canadian Railroad was like putting in a bunch of new rail lines and they wanted people to use the railroad. So they needed to make like destinations basically to visit along the railway. Uh, so in the little town of Banff, uh, they built this enormous hotel that's basically like a little castle in the mountains. Uh, and you know, there's like a big ski resort up there and it's just, it's a, it's a crazy hotel. It is a, someone that we were there with described it as Canadian Hogwarts. Um, and that's not far off. It is like a strange place. It's a bunch of like real big stone buildings that are super fancy and they're connected by these indoor hallways. So you never have to go outside when it's cold. I think I, I went outside maybe like once or twice on the first day. And then I think I never went outside the entire rest of the time we were there. Dang. Um, so this was the first year that reboot red was holding 
uh, their like developer conference there. And Seattle Indies had some extra tickets and they're like, hey, Wintermore folks, do you want to like go to this conference in Canada in a week and a half? And we were like, absolutely. But also like our director already has plans and of the rest of us, only two of us have active passports at the moment. And they're like, great, it's two tickets. And I'm like, all right. So uh, Mike and I went there and we had a cool time. It was kind of super low key, I think, because it was the first year they were doing it. Um, so there just, there wasn't like a huge attendance, which is probably why we got the free tickets. Um, but there was some cool speakers. I went to a talk, um, by the guy who did Firewatch about how they did their like reactive narrative that would like change based on, you know, like where you went and what things you did and stuff like that. Um, which was kind of a super, super cool thing to see. Um, and part of the, the low attendance thing was that we got to meet a bunch of cool people that we wouldn't otherwise have met probably because it's a small space and you're all kind of just there hanging out together. Um, so on one of the later days, we ended up sitting at like just a really cool lunch table uh, that was composed of myself and Mike um, – we had, there was a dev from Tennessee named Wolfgang, uh, Sarah L. Molle, who's a voice actress, uh, whose work I admire. She's a, a friend of my friend Teddy, um, and she's done a, a couple games. And I, I don't know if I've talked about Claxo Radio Hour on here. It's a USC game, oh, yeah, but she you plays. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's, the, she's like the main voice in Claxo, and she's really, really good in it. Um, let's see, a Chinese dev living in Toronto, uh, also sweary. <laughs> The, the Japanese game dev and his translator were there. Uh, and also Jakub Tvorsky, who is the head of Amanita Design, um, which, like, is kind of an insane collection <laughs> of people. That is an to all-star cast. Yeah. yeah. I would watch this heist movie for sure. <laughs> right? Oh, man. Yeah. That's uh, amazing. we yeah, we we didn't really get to talk to uh, to Swery very much because he was sort of like at the opposite end of the table in a way that was like kind of inconvenient for conversation. Um, but we were at a lunch table with him, so I couldn't say I've had lunch with Swery. Nice. But like, that's just a cool thing to have on one's resume that is overall. Such a cool yeah, thing. So it is cool. Does that mean what was he there promoting the good life? I'm assuming or I have no there? idea. He was there. He was there giving talks. He like okay. had two or three talks, um, okay. and his translator was there translating his talks. Yeah. By yeah. understanding, that makes sense. Uh, but his his translator came by and played Wintermore, which was neat. Cool. Yeah. Um, also, uh, uh, Mike met Dennis Dyack. Um, huh. So like that was that was kind of and like he came by and played our game. Wow, hell yeah. Um, we were, I guess we were like the, the indie dev who had a table next to us where in the indie game room where we were showing the game, um, like Dennis Dyack was his old boss. Um, and he'd like, he said, like, I know there's like, people say a lot of stuff about him, but like, I never had any issues with him. Um, but the guy next to us was also super cool because he was a Canadian dev who was working on, uh, like a fantasy action game that was entirely sound based. Oh. 
So, like, there's nothing, there's literally nothing on the screen, and you play as a blind princess who gets, like, um, she's, she's, like, second in line, and I guess she doesn't get along well with her father, so she gets, like, shunted off to this, uh, like, little remote village. Um, but when she gets there, the village is attacked by bandits, so she has to kind of, like, defend herself, and she gets lost in the woods, and... Um, and it's cool because you can like hear stuff coming to attack you and you can attack directionally based on like what you hear. Uh, and it's, it's, it was kind of a neat experience. Uh, uh sounds cool. And it also sounds really stressful. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The only, the only thing that I can think of that is like immediately reminding me of it. There was a horror game that came out pretty recently, like within the last year or maybe two where you play, where you like are a blind person trying to navigate a, a house, but there's this like, uh, like echolocation sort of mechanic mm. that sort of maps things out for you, which you know then you can see things, which doesn't. Like I know, I know that blind people can absolutely learn to echolocate, but <laughs> I don't, I don't think that's how it works. So, yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, no, it's it's a it's, it was a super neat game. Also, like weirdly coincidentally, that same dev uh, was also one of the devs. On, like he and his wife were there, and they're the devs on Rollers of the Realm, which is a game that I played at Indiecade like multiple years before and was on the beta for. So like we were just talking, and they're like, "Oh yeah, no, like we did our previous game, like Rollers of the Realm," and I'm like, "I know Rollers of the Realm. <laughs> like that was a great game." And they're like, "How on earth could you possibly know Rollers of the Realm?" And I'm like. I you guys at Indiecade. There you go. Um, so that's like a like a pinball RPG where like each of the different balls is a different uh, like character class from like traditional RPG class. So like there's like a really heavy like you know warrior class ball that does more damage and is heavier when it bounces around, and you know there's the the healing class character who can like come in and and heal the targets while you're bouncing it around and stuff like that. It's a, it's a, it was a neat idea um, and pretty I'm, well executed. So I'm looking at some screenshots of it. It does, it does look really cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I like was a very terrible beta person because I like got it and played it like once or twice and then like didn't give feedback. Yeah. Uh, so I, I apologize to them. I'm like, Oh yeah, I was in your beta. I was terrible at being in your beta. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's why I don't try to get into betas very often because it's like, uh, I'm not gonna it help comes, anybody. Yeah, it comes with obligations. Yeah, like oh, I don't want to have a responsibility. Uh, <laughs> but I did also see uh, there were a couple of pretty cool games in the indie room. Um, uh, one that I'll probably put uh, in our hopper to play when it comes out. Um, oh gosh, no, what was it called? On. Let me see if I have it among my little. I do have it among my little cards here that are littering my desk from the thing. Uh, Signs of the Sojourner is what it's called, um, and it's it's basically a game where you're like a character in a little caravan, um, and you are just like going around collecting items to bring back and trade in your like little town. But the main mechanic is having conversations with people which is abstracted as like a card game um and it's it's kind of hard to describe why it's cool but it's very cool 
I, I, I'm looking at screenshots of it also. It yeah, looks, and it's... I like the art style. It's nice. Yeah, no, nice it's got a very palette. cool art style. And it's, uh... Like, the mechanics do a really good job of kind of, like, the feeling of, like, the, I guess, meta strategy of having a conversation. Because the goal is that together the two of you are supposed to form, like, a chain of cards that gets to the end of the conversation. Um, but to do that, you have to kind of try and find cards that you, the other person can play off of. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes you're just like the types of things you, you just don't have anything in common with this other person. So you don't have a lot of cards that connect well. And sometimes, you know, there's you can play cards that are like good for kind of easing the conversation. They have like special abilities. Uh, and the idea is that the more you talk to certain kinds of people, like every every person you talk to, you can eventually you can get a copy of one of their cards at the end of the conversation. <clears throat> so eventually you like become more worldly and more able to talk with more people, but you might also, you also have to give up a card every time you get a new card. So you kind of lose the ability to connect with some of your older friends and like the people you grew up with. And it's like, it's a really great, like mechanics as metaphor kind of yeah. thing. Sounds like it. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that being something we can play at some point. Yeah. Nice. <clears throat> this is, it's, it's, I, uh, it's so great that you're, like, making all the rounds to all the shows and stuff now, because so much fodder for podcast games to play. <laughs> know, right? So much, so much fresh blood for the the spreadsheet god. I don't know if, I don't know if we've ever publicly mentioned the spread. We have a spreadsheet of just, like, games that we all would like to play for the podcast that we draw on for when we don't know what to play next, so. Which is most of the time. Yeah. As stuff comes up, we're always like, oh, we should play X. And then that happens so often that, like, we can't just remember all of the games. So yeah. eventually we just have to be like, let's just keep a list somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. The, the living document. I don't know why I just said that. <laughs> I just, I really like the phrase living document. I mean, it is a living document. It is. Uh, but, yeah, no, I mean, like, if people, like, have games that they think we should play, like, feel free to tweet us and recommend games. We can just put games in the hopper, and then yeah. uh, maybe they'll come back out sometime. Yeah. Or, or they'll stay there forever. Or they'll stay there forever or and we won't play they'll stay there forever, that's, yeah. That's the risk you run when you put games in the hopper. Yeah. But we played a surprising number of things off the hopper that I feel like we wouldn't otherwise have, because we're like, all right. What what do we need for this week? Like we need something, you know, like of approximately this length and that this person on our team already owns because they like don't want to pay more this week and you know. Yep. So we uh we keep all the like criteria uh associated with each game and it's a it's a fun list. Yeah. We should I I should well I was going to say I would put the link up somewhere so that other people can add to it, but I don't know if that's necessarily a good idea. Yeah, putting... maybe let's not do that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not. Yeah. Tweet, tweet us and we'll put the games on the yeah. list. Yeah, that's that works. <sighs> maybe we can, if people are, if anybody is like really super curious about the list, we can maybe share it in like read-only mode. Yeah, that would be, I mean, yeah, we could certainly do that for sure. I'm trying to think of what else has happened. We, um, 
uh, boyfriend bought Death Stranding, so he's been playing a lot of Death Stranding. Yeah, so how does he like Death Stranding? I've heard so many mixed things about it. He likes it a whole lot. So, okay. yeah. And and it's funny because he was so sure that he was not going to like it at all. But, yeah, no, he likes it a lot. But he got it anyway. Yeah, he got it anyway. Of course he did. He, he was playing it on day one. Um, uh, and then I know he's going to be traveling for work in a couple weeks, so I'm going to be playing a lot of that. While he's out of town. And I need to finish. I I also started playing Control. um, Finally. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, And I don't want to start playing Death Stranding until I finish that because I. Yeah, that's fair. Have too many games. So. Yeah, it's. I've heard. It's funny. I've heard, like, mostly positive things about Control except from, like, my like one of my very close friends who I really trust who was like ah like the controls were so annoying and I like didn't like the way the boss fights like the boss fights were all like conceptually cool but like really poorly implemented and I'm like ugh all right, all right. yeah uh, I I I think I remember you mentioning the same friend and how frequently it's like I have no idea what killed me and yes yeah. that is uh that is accurate <laughs> yeah. There's a whole lot of shit flying around at any given moment. Yeah, he also mentioned that um, he said it has, like, unbearably long load times. Um, that they're frequent. I've heard some I issues mean, uh, with control. Load, there are long load times, but I did I haven't found them to be particularly frequent. Okay. So, I don't know. Unless I'm just not paying that much attention. But And yeah, there, there have been, like, a pretty unfortunate launch for the game just in terms of like stability but um it runs it runs pretty well on my computer i think i i turned down some settings and i've got it running at 60 and it still looks good so okay yeah 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 no it sounds like something that i would find conceptually interesting but not necessarily something that i would want to play myself so maybe i'll like look up like someone else playing it and just watch yeah i don't (laughs) I don't think that I would have been interested in it just like just as a third person shooter because I don't particularly care for third person shooters but I just I also just really like Remedy so yeah I was going to say it sounds like exactly your kind of game yeah so yeah it's like weird surreal slightly horror kind of thing like it's basically an SCP Foundation game but yep you know actually good I mean I haven't played a lot of the like I made this over a weekend SCP games but I've seen some and they all look pretty rough which is fair <laughs> yeah yeah it's a it's it's yeah it's not that it's like the the good one among bad ones so much as it is the professional one among Amongst, amateur yeah. ones yeah exactly so um that's cool uh, I think I think one of our lost recordings is the one where I mentioned that mostly walking played the beginner's guide, and I listened to oh, an, yeah. our entire pod- podcast on the beginner's guide as well. It's weird going back and listening to our old podcasts. I feel like I should do it more. So do I. I I've done it a few times, and it's like uh, I don't know the sense of deja vu you get, where <laughs> where like someone will say something and and I'll have the thought of like oh like this and this and this and then 
10 seconds later, I hear myself saying that, those same things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that happens uh, to me all the time, too, where uh, I'm like, oh, man, if I was there, I would respond in this way, and then I respond in that way, and I'm like, oh, good, good past me, you said the thing. Yeah, <laughs> way, way to be consistent. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's a bad sign, because maybe that means I, like, haven't grown much as a person since we recorded. Eh. Don't have any mm. new and more interesting thoughts. I don't know. That does that. I would say that the po- the things that we talk about on the podcast are pretty pretty dang specific. So <laughs> it follows that that you would have the same responses, but eh, maybe that's just me. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Carl, you have anything interesting to report? Nope. <laughs> All right. Uh, should we talk about the game then? Yeah, we can talk about the yeah. game. Uh, all right, so we played uh, Mutazione by Diegute Fabrique, which is uh, not a German company. It's a Danish company. Um, and it is a game about... You... It, it, it seemed when I was like getting the pitch it seemed like it was going to be a game about dealing with grief but it's actually a game about dealing with guilt um but we'll get into that yeah um so you are a young woman who uh has heard that her grandfather is potentially dying so she goes to this uh weird island full of mutants in order to um like be with him and kind of see if she can sort of help him out uh, and then most of the game is you kind of like meet everyone on the island. You learn a little bit about the island and its past and kind of like what everyone's deals are. You get involved in a lot of their like social drama stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then eventually you actually save your grandfather, which was not a thing I was expecting to be possible in yeah. this game. Yeah, I was I was real surprised by that ending. Um, I was kind of assuming that uh, this was going to be one of those games that where it's like, and then your grandfather dies, and it's kind of about like dealing with loss. But no, you save your grandfather, uh, and part of how you save your grandfather is by like inheriting his role as like this kind of gardener slash shaman of the village, um, where you you build these or you grow these gardens in different places, and you have like the super secret song. Um, that can like cause the plants to grow really fast and you have to sort of keep track of what should be grown where. Um, I guess we can get into that mechanic a little bit. I don't know if now is the time to do it, but um, yeah, that's like the, the, that's the only thing that would maybe count as a mechanic in this mm-hmm. game. The rest of it is mostly just kind of walking around and talking to people. It is, it is more or less a walking simulator um, although maybe a little bit more of a variable one than some of the walking simulators we've played. It feels a little bit less, like, completely linear yeah. than those walking simulators, even though it is still pretty dang linear. Yeah, but yeah, there's a lot of... I guess there's a lot of stuff you can skip. I don't know why you would. I, I made sure every every single section of every day I talked to everybody I could find and exhausted all of the conversation with them. Yeah, I did not do that because I had put off playing this game longer than I should have, and I was kind of in a rush finishing it. That's fair. Um, 
but I, I still ended up talking to most people most of the time. I like often didn't go down into the caverns to talk to like Jelly and the uh, the weird little sausage people. I still don't know what the point of the sausage people was, but <laughs> it, like they seemed almost like soft antagonists at times, which was just a really confused. Like they're always trying to. Uh, find sell some something. business angle. Yeah, they're always trying to find something they can sell. And I, I don't... It just... It seemed like they were set up to just be really dickish. <laughs> uh, even though they're not? I don't I don't know. It yeah, was... I think it's... Uh, I don't know that it's like... No one in this game really has what I would call a point. Uh, I mean, I guess like your grandfather does. But, um, you know, it's more just about like... These are the sort of weird characters who live here, and you just you run into them slash get to know them. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, so I, I don't know where we want to start with it. Do we want to just go through the characters? Do we want to talk about the gardening? Do we want to, like, I, we could try to go chapter by chapter through the plot. I don't know if I remember the sequence well enough. I don't either. We, I, think, I think it would just be good. We, we could start with the gardening. Since sure. the gardening doesn't really factor in too much in the plot until yeah. like, the very end. So, yeah, the, the yeah. gardening mechanic. Um, you Pretty early on, you get a book from the sort of town historian and your, your grandfather's friend. And it's basically just a, a little encyclopedia of the plants that you can find on the island. And it's very long, and there's a lot of cool flavor text in there that explains the plants and how they grow and what they are uh, yeah and the idea and is that the historian yeah no it, there's so many there's, plants there's a whole it, lot of plants it would be crazy to read all of it um there's like over a hundred i want to say there's like close to 300 but i'm probably wrong um but the, yeah there's like nearly a hundred plants in there yeah uh and it's the idea is that your grandfather and this historian like did all this research and wrote it together and it's Honestly, you kind of don't need it <laughs> because yeah. all the information that you need to plant the gardens is like given to you in the menu where you plant stuff, which yeah. is good. Like that's much better UX. Than, I um... never used to. Aim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... I think I glanced through it once or twice in the beginning, yeah. and then also I, I read it and was like, "Oh my god, there's no way to skip to a certain letter." Yeah. Yeah, I remember reading it and thinking, oh god, I hope I don't have to remember this shit to, to do the actual gardening parts. Uh, and you don't, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, um, so there's like five, no, there's seven different like plots uh, on the island, which are areas that unlock throughout the course of the game. Uh, and you can go up to them, and once they're unlocked, and choose from the seeds that you've collected what you want to plant and where. And each seed has like a type of soil that it can be planted in and a quote-unquote mood um and your goal is to like eat in each garden to like maximize a mood of a certain kind mm -hmm. and uh, so so th which is not hard because the mood is listed right there and you're like okay i'm just gonna pick all of the seeds with this mood and just grow them yeah and as you grow them they also like each one produces a different like sound slash melody so you like are creating these little procedural music boxes too which is kind of cute yeah um even though like 
the the music they create is is like it's an okay ambient music. It's not that interesting, um, <clears throat> but uh, because there's there's like it's not that complex. I yeah. guess I was expecting it to uh, be more like puzzly. Like I don't know. I guess what what happened when I came into it was I was expecting to have to like combine the moods and have like a certain sort of balance. But now every plot is just a mood. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm. I have to say, I was really kind of disappointed with the gardening mechanic. Um, yes, yeah. Because it's the only mechanic that's in the game, and it had a lot of potential to be really interesting. Um, like you say, to like, maybe you have to balance the, like, different moods, or maybe you have to do, like, some trial and error about, like, which things grow well next to each other, or, you know something but yeah. there's really nothing to it you just when the plot unlocks you pick all the seeds that have a certain type and plant them all there and you know play the the same like grow song at it until they're all fully grown and then there's no reason to ever come back and visit that garden again yeah like you get more seeds for that garden later for that mood but it does nothing to come and i i almost always actually did go back and plant my new seeds if i could because I just wanted to see, like, how it looked. Um, but there's no good reason to. Yeah. No, and... like, the gardening is a great... It's, it's great for the narrative, and it yeah. fits really well. But mechanically, it's sort of separated from the game. Yeah. Yeah, and you get the seeds, like, all throughout the game. Like, even from the very beginning, before you unlock the garden... Um, you're like picking up seeds. Yeah, I think as uh, soon as you get the book, you can start picking up seeds from just plants in the world. So mm-hmm. I had a ton of seeds, and I'm like, oh, I guess I, <laughs> I gotta find something to do with these, and then the story hands it to you. So. Yeah, and it would it would be cool if there was like a reason to go back and plant certain things in the garden. Like maybe you were trying to grow. So I kept expecting that I'd be growing resources for people, where I'd be like. Oh hey, you know, now that I have this seed, I can go grow this type of thing, which means like I can give it to the person who's a cook and then they can make this particular meal. But it's basically like for each garden there is one story item that you have to grow that you can pretty much grow as soon as you unlock the garden and then there's nothing else, which I mean like the cook does make certain foods across the game and you can get those foods and they go into your inventory, but as far as I can tell they don't do anything you can get you get achievements yeah you get achievements (laughs) yeah they don't i don't think they do anything it felt like there was this whole like part of the game that was planned and never implemented like oh there could be a thing where you can like get certain types of food and they'll give you like power-ups where you can like run faster or do certain things or like see be able to see like what seeds you can pick up or you know like some kind of mechanical effect but there is no mechanical effect as far as I can tell. Yeah. Look, you could they I understand if there was a if there was like a cooking mechanic. I understand that's that's absolutely a thing that can be cut out. But yeah. hey gang, let's just put cooking mechanics in more games just for the the hell of it. <laughs> I would be okay with that. Yeah, and I think the game like holds together well with the stuff that's in it. Like I could see I wouldn't want them to put something like that feels like weird and half baked and out of place because it's not a very gamey sort of game. It's really much more an interactive narrative. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah. I can see like not wanting to clutter it up with like complex and distracting elements, but it, it did feel like there was a lot of potential there that was just not reached. Yeah. Which is yeah. I mean, yeah. what like this carving system? It works. Mm-hmm. It just feels a bit off. Yeah. I, I do yeah, agree. Yeah, it, it seems it, it, shallow. It seems like there were maybe plans to have other things that either didn't they didn't have time for or they had to end up cutting them. Um, yeah. Which is, you know, this is a whole lot of criticism all at once. I still really like this game just for yeah, purely no. for the narrative. Yeah, this game is amazing. Style. Yeah, yeah I, we're just going to get the bad stuff out of the way first. We're getting it. Actually, yeah. we all enjoyed this yeah. game. Um, I was worried in the beginning. I will say, like, I was, I, in the beginning, my thoughts were like, it's weird. I really like all of the elements of this game, but I'm not sure I'm enjoying, like, the game. But I think what it is, is actually just that it's very slow to start. Yes, it is. Like, I feel like the first two hours or so of the game should have been the first, like, 30 minutes of the game. Yeah. Because it takes way too long to get to the gardening. And, like, having the gardening available is one of the more interesting parts of the game. Because that's where it really starts to feel like you're taking an active role in doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, it's just, like, I am just a an observer who's running around and just listening to people talk at me. Yeah, and learning um, about their sad, sad pasts. Yeah, which, I, I mean, mean, it's important to get to know the characters, for sure. Um, so, like, I understand why it starts that slow, but I was, I was, like, really worried in the first couple hours of the game. I really liked that, though. Well, like, it was slow, but it was really chill. Yeah. It is a very chill game. It's, like... Well, that's not true. It's a very chill game up until, like, the end. Yeah. Early, early chill. Yeah. I would say I would say it gets chill up until like the 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 pregnancy drama and then from that point yeah. on everything seemed like it really ramped up. Yeah. So, uh shall we talk about like sort of the characters and their yeah. interrelationships? Mm-hmm. Um so the first character you meet is uh I think his name is Grau Bear. Um yeah. they call one of the characters calls him Grauby. Um who is a sea captain, who's the one who, like, takes you over on the ferry. Oh, I guess we should say, like, <clears throat> what Mutazione's whole deal is. Apparently, it was, like, hit by a meteor. Yeah, it was, like, a big resort island that got hit by a meteor called the Moon Dragon. <laughs> yeah. Which is, like, it's never explicitly explained. They They refer to the meteor, and they refer to, like, how it hit Mutazione specifically. But it's always it's always just kind of like this is world building that has happened. Yeah, no, they, yeah, it's only sort of ever mentioned obliquely because everyone just sort of takes it for granted as a thing that happened that everyone else knows about. Yeah, which is a sort of world world building I really appreciate to be, mm-hmm. be honest. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, they've uh, there was it this huge meteor crash there and like destroyed the resort and killed basically almost everybody who lived on this island uh, or in this region. Maybe it wasn't even an island back then. Who knows? Yeah, that's true. Um, and uh, 
there were a few survivors apparently, uh, including what was what was her name? Mana, something like that. Oh, um, yeah, Mani, 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 Mani. That's right. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, so there were a few survivors, uh, and like this one woman became like this kind of leader slash like shaman. Uh, who worked to get um, like everyone kind of to work together and to to re you know to not exactly like rebuild the society but rebuild a society mm-hmm. um, and to like keep everyone from despairing and she was the first one who like knew all of these like strange magical songs that could grow plants uh, and things like that <clears throat> and so she is she is long dead before the game starts. Um, so you never actually meet her, um, but she's she's like features as an important character in in the backstories of many other characters. Yeah. I think she was um, still alive when when your grandfather, whose name is what's his name, Nano, I think. Nano, Nano. yes. When I think Nano knew her before she died, is that accurate or is that? I, not? Yes, because he because he learned uh, all his shaman stuff from her. Yeah, he because he came there as like one of the scientists. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the because this meteor crashed, like everything started, the, everything that grew back in the town and all the people who like lived in the town got weird, got like real weird and like mutated and bizarre, uh, and all the plants and animals as well. And so, um, at some point, a group of scientists came over uh, to study all these weird things, and that also plays into the uh, the backstory of a lot of what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you are, you are Kai. You actually, I guess the first character you meet is actually Gaia, who's your mother. Um, so you're like taking your leave of your mother and saying like, okay, you know, you're mm-hmm. going to this island. You gotta um, find your grandfather and like, you know, see. I, I guess they they've been estranged for a while, the the mother and the grandfather. So you kind of never really met your grandfather. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're just kind of going there to meet him and see what the deal is then you meet Grabert who's the sea captain who's kind of like an oaf um he like gives you a nickname even though you repeatedly tell him that you like don't like nicknames and don't want a nickname sea crumb that's your nickname sea crumb yeah and he's really uh like kind of obsessed with his role as a sea captain and as a sailor yeah, he, like, really leans into the whole, like, salty dog sea captain thing, yeah. to the point where it kind of annoys a lot of the other characters. Yeah, Grobert is, uh, he is a bit much. Yeah. He's not a bad dude at heart, um, but he's he's probably one of the more, like, dislikable people in the game. Yeah. Um, where it's like, I feel like it would be just really annoying to know him in real life. Um, then you get there and you meet, um, the sort of family of close friends of your grandfather. Uh, so there's Tung, who is a little bit, um, a little bit older than you, not by a bunch, um, who's like this sort of big, big beefy boy. Um, and he's, he's like really kind of quiet and withdrawn and he really loves to watch, um, Italian soap operas, uh, which he doesn't speak Italian, but he's just watched them so many times that he kind of has a general idea of what's going on. Yeah, and I mean, 
soap operas. It's all. Yeah, it's, it's pretty. It's all pretty drift. emotive. In, yeah. Like, in, in what they are. So, yeah. Um, and then there's his mother who was friends with Gaia when they were kids. Yes. Because Gaia grew up on the island, and I don't remember her name, and I feel bad. I don't remember her name either. And then Claire. 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 And yeah. then and then Claire's mother, Tongue's grandmother, Maury, who runs the restaurant. Maury's Moorish. Maury's Moorish. Um, which sounds, which they introduce as kind of a pun. Sounds like it might be a pun that would work better in a different language. I think. I mean. Yeah, uh, more, I mean, Moorish is certainly a word, but it's not a word you hear often. So. Yeah, and the idea is it's supposed to be, like, more-ish, right? Like, you want more, I guess. I, uh, I'm looking it up now because I don't actually know specific... Like, I know it's something that you, like, is a good thing. Moorish. Is it? Oh, no, you're exactly right. Britain, informal, of food, drink, or other consumables, causing one to want to have more. I see. Oh, so it's a British thing. That, yeah. So maybe it's more, it's it's just, I don't, I didn't get the pun just as a yeah. dumb American. Like, it, it's a word that I certainly have heard or read, I guess, but I've, I've never used it, I don't think. So there's that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she's very nice. She, like, feeds everybody on the island, and uh, she's she's an inveterate gossip because like everybody comes to eat there and like has conversations so she's like always eavesdropping on everyone's conversations um and i the uh she's like also the one who is like very close to your grandfather so she knows uh so she's like helping to to kind of take care of him and stuff and you know bring him food um the island is small enough that it it has just kind of like a simple barter not even like really a barter economy just a kind of everybody's pooling their resources sort mm-hmm. of thing because there's only like a dozen people on the island it's pretty small yeah so they just have like one central resource pool and then everybody tries to contribute to it um and uh whoever you know whoever needs something can just take out of the central resource pool yeah and it's sort of implied that they there's a bit of like because once you get out of the town, you see the environments, and it's it's literally just, like, ruined shopping malls and hotels and office buildings. Um, so there's, like, a lot of sort of scavenging that goes around for, you know, mm-hmm. getting, like, structural elements for their buildings and stuff. Which I was hoping to see more of as, like, an element. Like, oh, you gotta find these seeds that only grow in this one place in... A big abandoned building, but that didn't yeah. happen. Yep. Um, <clears throat> and so we should say that entire family, the three generations, are all, they look like big, like, pottery golems, basically. Yeah. And I, I love that the sound of their voice, not, none of this is voice acted, but there are, like, sounds that play while people are talking um, that are, like, kind of subtle. And for them, there's all these, like, ceramic noises yeah. uh, in the background, which I really appreciated. <laughs> Um, yeah, it really calls into question because none of the people who have been mutated look anything, well, Tongue, Claire, and Mori look the same because they're directly related to one another, but nobody else really looks like anybody else for the mm-hmm. most part, uh, which, which well, really calls into question just how this mutation thing worked. <laughs> yeah, and there's, there's some indication that, um, 
<clears throat> some of the mutations, like some of the people living there, the mutations were not originally on humans, right? Oh. Like the dots, the dots yeah. don't come from a like a human stock, clearly. Yeah, that makes um, sense. And the and Jelle, who is like um, one of the other characters, mentions that like he is a mutation from the fungus spores. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. And probably the sausages were just regular sausages at one point. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Uh, yes. Yeah. Question mark. Yeah. Or there's a character named Dennis, who Dennis is the long-suffering kind of. He's sort of a main maintenance guy. Uh, yeah. And surrogate father to tongue whose own father just went off to sea and never came back um and dennis is just a giant cockroach <laughs> yeah he's a big bug man he's a, he's a bug little man. bug man actually he's big for a bug but little for a man <laughs> yeah yep right in the middle yeah yep. and depends uh, on which way he mutated <laughs> yeah i guess that's true yeah. <laughs> um yeah. And he has he has a wife question mark who's like living in the pipes who you never see whose name is who's who's referred to as princess yeah um, never learn any other name for her yeah that's, I, and that's one thing that I I would forget to like see if I could interact with princess when I was going around trying to talk to people uh, the only thing I really gathered about princess is that the people on the island don't know about her and don't know about her relationship to Dennis. And also, she doesn't like you. Yeah, she does. I think she doesn't. I get the impression she doesn't like any surface dwelling stuff. Like she lives in the dark underground in the pipes and would prefer that Dennis stay there also, and is annoyed that he like comes up to the surface to work. Yeah. Yeah. And Dennis also has a pet question mark, which is a uh, what's his? I forget his name. It starts with an R. I want to say his name is Russell, but I don't think that's right. Oh, no, it might be Russell. Yeah, this, like, big, weird, snoofly thing that, like, lives in his office. Yeah, it's like a giant, sleepy anteater-type thing. Uh, it was really cute. I liked it. I liked him. Yeah. You don't get to talk to him. He doesn't actually talk. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Um, yeah, I guess while we're... So while we're mentioning the underground uh, area... So, yeah, so there's, like, a big cave system that you c- can go in... Um, the the residents are Dennis the the like plumbing worker, um, the the little sausage guys who are these like little long red dudes. Um, they're just vaguely like oblong shaped, mm-hmm. uh, who are always trying to plan some kind of cockamamie business scheme, and they're like way too pushy about it. Yeah. Uh, and then all the way down in the bottom is Jelle, which is a like fungal life form that just lives in the cave and spends most of the day just soaking up nutrients from the ground and, and then and also doing chemistry and doing chemistry somehow which is interesting because i don't know if they have arms really no they have kind of a weird goo body oh I, yeah like, i guess that could be become arms if, if they need arms <laughs> yeah. um yes so they are they're kind of one of the less humanoid characters and they're also like very like weirdly formal and exact in their speech kind of a vulcan slash you know like computer life form sort of thing going on like yeah. oh hello human designated as kai you know like 
Yeah, like there's there's one race of aliens I think in Mass Effect that does that exactly where before they speak a sentence they indicate the tone of voice that they would be speaking with if they had <laughs> a tone of voice. So it's like surprised exclamation. Wow, yeah. you came back. <laughs> or is that is was that Half Life maybe? Uh, I don't think uh, I'd have to. Look. I'm pretty sure it was Mass Effect, but okay. I'd, I'd ha- I don't want to I don't want to look it up right now because my keyboard is loud. Um, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, so that's all the underground denizens. Um, other denizens of the above ground area. Um, there's so there's a bar, and the bar is run by Spike. Spike. By Carl with the name. That's his name. Quick on the draw. <laughs> yeah. Glad that someone uh, remembers his name. Yeah. So Spike is one of the few people there who's just like a regular human because he did not. He was not born in Mutazione. He's like a visitor from afar. Um, and he just like, you know, moved there and stayed there. I forget. Like, do they say how and why he came to be? Because he was not one of the original scientists. No, I don't. I don't know if they ever specifically say it. Um, I'm trying to remember, but I don't think they ever do. I think he just kind of went there one day and wasn't planning on stayed. staying, but then stayed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they talk about him arriving at some point, but I'm not sure they mention yeah. why. Yeah, what the purpose was. <clears throat> and, like, Grubert does all of their dealing with the mainland, so, like, you know, maybe he was, like, a trader or some kind of, you know, business person um, uh, in the same way that Grubert was, but who knows. Um, yeah, so he just, he runs a bar. Um, he... Uh, takes care, he raised, like, this little, like, cat girl, uh, who's one of the other characters, Mew. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mew is, uh, she's super cool. She's, like, this, like, very tall, like, skinny, um, like, lithe cat girl person, uh, who's their hunter. She does all of the, like, hunting for meat, um, so everybody can have food. Yeah. Um, she's also, I guess she's Tongue's age, um, but maybe she's older than that because it's, like, revealed that she had, like, a husband and kids at yeah. some point. Um, and she's, then, like, I think one she's, of the... like, the, the granddaughter of the archivist whose name I have forgotten, the old oh, man who gives you no, the... she's she's not. the She's, um, her husband was the son of the okay, archivist. Yeah. So, um, so she's, he's, he's, like, her father-in-law, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so the, yeah, the, there's the old archivist guy, Yon, Yona, Yono, y- Yanni, <laughs> Yanni, uh, yeah, I wish I could remember his mm. name. Nope, can't remember. Yo, okay. Yoka, Yoko, yeah, <laughs> Yondo, so, something with a Y. Yeah. Uh, I won't say there's a K in there. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, anyway, the old archivist man who's in a wheelchair, um, who's like your grandpa's best friend. Um, and he's kind of like, he looks like a sort of balding weasel. <laughs> he's unclear. Um, I guess he's maybe also sort of a cat person because uh, Mew's husband was a cat person. Yeah. Um 
So who knows? Um, yeah, so we learn as as one of the like dramas that uh, Miu lost her husband and her kittens in a fire, um, and it's like very sad. Like three years prior to your arrival there. Um, let's see, who other? What other characters are we missing? Island. Oh, there's. Hmm? Oh yeah, Aelin is um, the. Are they married? No, they're not married. Is the point? The, uh, the archivist's name is Yokei. Yokei. Yeah. Yokei. I, I I had to find a YouTube like walkthrough of it <laughs> and scrub <laughs> through it. Um, so that's his name. His name is Yokei. Uh, Yokei. And Island, I don't, I don't, I don't think she and and Grobear are married. I think they're, they're not just because a that's couple. the whole point. Is he wants for them to get married, uh, and she's like not sure about it. Yeah, because uh, he wants to to go back to the mainland. Yeah, so she's pregnant with his baby. Um, or so it seems. Um, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Uh, and so, like, they're a couple, and they they have kind of this ongoing argument when you get there where, like, he wants them to, like, settle down and commit and get married, and he wants her to move to the mainland and, like, live in the suburbs. Um and uh, the and you know like raise their baby there, but the problem is that he is a like he would not be giving up his life of like being a sea captain, so she would still be like on her own most of the time and just you know living in this house that she doesn't really want to be in with this baby. So she's like not super enthused with the idea, and she's been kind of like they've been arguing about it a lot. Yeah. Um, and she's one of, of the, like, mutants, she's one of the most human-looking ones. She could probably do okay on the mainland. She has, like, extremely dark skin and kind of glowing eyes. Um, but other than and does she, is it just me, or does she have, like, shark teeth? Yeah, she, she might. <laughs> I'm Maybe. not, I'm not entirely sure, because she, she, she always, her teeth are pretty prominently, like, visible. Yeah. Because she's always, like, got that big grin on her face. And yeah, they might be they might be a little sharky. I, I might it's might be that I'm just like projecting that because she always has this like really wide, slightly creepy toothy smile. Yeah. Um but yeah, so she she looks like more or less human ish. Um But uh yeah, so there's Aelin. Um there's what's the name of the little uh Kopek? Kopek. Um, there's also Kopek, who's like a little lizard dude, um, who, as far as I know, is not related to anyone else on the island. Yeah, He's I... just this weird little, like, lizard guy who's, like, just kind of socially inept. I don't remember. I know someone talks about him, and they're like, yeah, we, we just kind of found him one day, and we, mm-hmm. we've, we've all tried to sort of raise him, like, as yeah. one of us. So, yeah, he's uh, he's just the, the little dude that he's good at weaving and fishing. And fishing. Weaving and fishing, and he really likes spicy foods. I really like Popek, uh, even though he's not very important to the story at all. Yeah, Popek, that's right, Popek. And he plays um, arcade games, that's the other thing he does. Yeah, he's obsessed with the the one arcade game in the bar. I was so mad that you never get to play the arcade game. Yeah. I'm like, oh, there's going to be a little mini game at the arcade game. There's not a little mini game at the yeah. arcade game. You never get to play it. Yeah, unfortunately. Not even, like, narratively. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
Let's see, what else? I think that's everyone. Is that everyone? I feel like I'm missing someone. The dots, I guess. Yeah, the dots. Um, Who they live in trees and they like fruit and they you their language is not translated, but it seems like Kai is perfectly capable of understanding them. Yeah. So um as is everybody else on the island. Yeah. They're they're little uh they're just little blue dots. <laughs> Literally little blue dots yeah. with like arms and legs and faces. Yep. And they 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 have their own like society like they have like houses and uh like a like a sort of shamanistic leader. So they've got their own sort of society uh, up at the top of the tree. Yep. Um and uh they uh I forget what I was going to say. Not important. Okay. They're cute. They're cute. They're really Um cute. yeah, the idea is the idea is that your back when your mother lived on the island, she was like very close with the dots mm-hmm. and she knew them well and like fed them fruit. Yeah. Um, uh so so some of the some of the like dramas that are happening are the thing with Aelin and uh Graubert and the pregnancy. Uh it later turns out that like uh Tung is actually the father of the baby. Um, because he and Aelin had like a thing at one point um when when Graubert was gone and and for a long time and Aelin was like really lonely and unhappy. Um, and she, do- but she doesn't want to settle down with Tung either. Cause even though he's really nice, he's like really young. Um, and she's like, I just, I don't want to settle down with anyone. I just, you know, like I want the, like the village to help me raise this baby and not have to be committed to anyone in particular. Yeah. Which given her situation is probably the wisest course of action. I think. Yeah. Tung is 18 years old and Aileen is 37. Oof. Oh, that's that's an yeah. age difference. <laughs> yeah, that's, age that's difference. a little. Yeah, that's a little bit. And is that like at the time of this game? I think so. I'm assuming yeah, so, so. Yeah. I guess he must have been like. Hopefully, he was still 18 when they already 18 when they had their fling. But yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's a little bit like skeevy. Um, and they don't make like a habit of it, but you know, she yeah. was, she was lonely. Tongue was like very nice to her and, um, it was yeah. a thing that happened. As far as you could tell, it was just like a one-time thing that she did and then regretted. Uh, yeah. And she, I mean, she didn't even tell Tongue that he was the father uh, yeah. until, until everything kind of boiled over. Yeah. So, um, so other dramas, uh, Spike, the, the barman is, um, is, has a, like a secret crush on Claire. It has and, for a very long time. Yeah. And Claire also has a crush on him. And so at one point, like, uh, so, so Miu, Spike and Tung are all in a band. Yeah. And, uh, at one, so Spike, I guess, like writes their songs or at least writes some songs and at one point, he wrote, like, a love song for Claire. So <laughs> at one point, Miu, like, in an effort to help, plays it out loud at the bar. And, like, Claire hears it, and both Spike and Claire get incredibly embarrassed. And Spike gets really mad at Miu, and there's a whole to-do. But they end up okay, because they like each other. They both like each other, and so they, they try and make it work. They go on a date. It's so cute. Yep. 
they go on a date and Spike does forgive Mew, mm-hmm. which is good. Um, Tongue is building a boat, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, a sort of a point of contention considering his dad just left on a boat and never came back. And he's like, you know, am I like my dad? Am I going to abandon my family? And his his mother is worried about him going out on the boat. It's not like a big boat. It's it's just yeah. a little, you know, a little. I don't I don't I don't know enough about boats to know what to call it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of a little fishing boat, basically. Yeah. Um. And at the end, when like Tongue learns about the baby, he's like, I'm gonna try and like be more of a man and like get a job fishing and like help support this baby. Yeah. Uh, and so that's you know he's he's got a little bit of an arc. He's he's a he's a sort of like like very shy avoids confrontation type. Like he mostly just likes to sit in his room late at night and like watch these soap operas. Yeah. There's uh, another thing where I, I feel like it was mentioned at some point that he doesn't sleep or like he doesn't have to sleep, which I don't know if I just like misread some text. Or if that yeah, was a I, real thing. Yeah, I, I had thought he had, like, chronic insomnia. Oh, that might be it. Was a thing, um, but maybe not. <clears throat> that, that's, that seems more likely. <laughs> um. uh, and th- so then there's the, I guess the other drama is, like, um, the just the history with the fire. That uh, there was a, there was a fire uh, that um, burned down. Uh, Mew's old house and killed her husband and children and there's like some tension and some you know buried sadness there that you kind of have to help them work through yeah and eventually it's revealed that the reason the fire started was because um Nano your grandfather Nano was teaching Mew's husband like sort of his shamanic practices in with the intention of him becoming the successor um, and they took a trip into the spirit realm, and it, like, broke... I don't remember Mew's husband's name, um, but it, like, broke his mind. RJ, came... I think. RJ, yeah. I knew it was, like, some initialization, but, like, he basically... It, it broke his mind, and he came out and, like, burned down his own home. Yeah, he was, like, a... He was... I guess he was, like, a vegetable for a while. Because it's... it's The timeline here was a little unclear to me. Because it seems like... Because the fire definitely happened three years previous because they mention like on the day of that it's like the three-year anniversary of it mm-hmm. um but it seems like the the shamanic trip maybe happened quite a bit before that i'm not certain okay yeah i don't know it, yeah it's and that's one of the things it's like there's a whole lot of world building and a whole lot of backstory and it, it's delivered in a really natural way just conversationally so it's hard to place a lot of it yeah so yeah so the big like main story that you're kind of uncovering is this story about like the group of scientists who came there and of whom um uh kai's grandfather and grandmother were like two of the original scientists and so they came there um to like study the people of the island and like the plants and animals, but they kind of were assholes and like treated the people as like test subjects instead of people. Um, and then the island killed them. Um, there's sort of, there's like Basically, this yeah. big, yeah, there's like 
these two entities that kind of control this sort of spiritual realm of the island. There's uh, the giant tree that's above ground, and it lives in symbiosis with this giant fungus that's underground. And the fungus supposedly has some kind of control over, like, death and rebirth. And so, like, the scientists tried to find it, but the fungus is also protected by a bunch of um, fungus spore people. Oh, and the yeah, centip- and yeah. also giant poisonous yeah. centipedes. And that's actually, uh, I think that's what uh, what Jella is. Is I think the, he said the scientists grew. Sorry, they said the scientists grew them from yeah. the like spores from the. Yeah, fungus. they said they said like some of the spore mushroom people who were protecting the fungus were like naturally arising, but Jella, as a spore person, um, was was cultivated by one of the scientists. Um, and so, yeah, the scientists did a bunch of stuff, um, and, but were kind of not great. And then all of them, except for Nano and his wife, like, were killed by the island. So Nano felt, like, super guilty about this. So he decided that, like, to make up for it, he needed to, like, learn these, like, local shamanic traditions of the island and then pass them down to one of the islanders because he was, like, trying to make up for the guilt of, like, what they'd done. Yeah. But he basically only made it worse because he broke this guy, which is not really his fault. It's just the uh, RJ or, or whoever his name, you know, whatever his mm-hmm. name was. Um, RD, I think. RD? Maybe it's RD. Uh, was, like, just too, like, too eager to learn too much too fast and, like, was sort of power-seeking and that that's sort of implied to be like you know why it went bad for him. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, but at any rate, like then you know, the the fire happened. Do we do we learn at all about how um, Nano's wife died? I don't think so. Hmm. It's may it's possible she just died of natural causes. Um, because I think what happened is. Um... I, I want to say she left the island with Gaia. Yeah, maybe. I yeah, you're, that's, that it, sounds right. And I, I want to say there was like sort of a rift between uh, between you know the grandmother and Nano um, mm-hmm. that developed over you know he really wanted to stay there and learn the traditions and you know get them passed back into the community there, uh, and she didn't. For oh yeah. Reason. Yeah, think... they mentioned something about it. I think it's because of what happened. Yeah, I think the implication was, like, she got fed up with, like, the idea that he wouldn't forgive himself for, yeah. like, what happened. Oh, yeah, and yeah. And that's sort it. of a hero complex about it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she, she like, didn't like that he was, yeah, that he had this, like, hero complex where, like, the only thing he could think about was, like, atoning for his sins and, you know, being a good person again and... She was, like, recognized it as not really healthy, um, so she took Gaia and left. Yeah. Um, and so throughout this all, one character we didn't mention is the Crow Man. Yeah. Uh, there's this weird creature that keeps appearing in your dreams that's, like, this big, like, crow with a skull mask kind of person who's super cool. <laughs> I think his name is, like, Chemo or something. Spelled with a K or... Corey or something like that, yeah. Um, 
you don't know much about him. He's very mysterious and ominous for most of the game. Yeah. Um, and you eventually find out at the very end that he is actually your grandfather's spirit guide, who's like tr- was trying to like bring you there and uh, like get you to help your grandfather. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he mostly just comes across as creepy. Yeah, super creepy. Um, great design though. Yeah. Boy, howdy. Neat, neat character. Um, and then eventually, like, you, your grandfather teaches you um, sort of the shamanic stuff, and you meet your own, like, spirit guide, uh, which is, like, this giant... Um, deer. This giant white deer thing. Uh, Semenia, I think is her yeah. name. Um, or its name. Oh, the, your grandfather's spirit guide is named Karu. Karu. We were close. Yeah. <laughs> close enough. <laughs> close enough. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, part of the, towards the end, like, there's a, so so when things start, like, really ramping up at the end, you're, you're starting to get, like, more in tune with the gardens and, like, knowing how to grow stuff. And your grandfather says, like, okay, I think you're ready for a trip into the spirit world. Uh, and I'll, you know, we'll, we'll chew this mushroom slime or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we'll go into the spirit world and we should have like a nice easy journey and like, you know, you'll get to kind of see what's there. So they go into the spirit world and it is not a nice easy journey because uh, the grandfather is kind of trapped there by his guilt. Um, and it gets like real creepy real fast. Yeah. Um, he's sort of like fading in and out in a very uncomfortable way. Uh, and, you you manage to get out, but your grandfather is like in a in a coma and dying fast. Um, so you like make this panicked call to your mother, like you gotta come to the island now because I think Grandpa is dying and I don't know what to do. Um, but then you go into the spirit world and you like kind of bring him out of this thing and like you have this whole conversation about how he's been holding on to this guilt and how he needs to deal with it and how he's not been dealing with it in a healthy way. Yeah. And, uh, and you, you bring him back out of his, uh, of his darkness. Yeah. And, and at, at that point you've planted all the gardens and pretty yeah. much like brought, uh, balance back to the Island. There, there's sort of a subplot about how like the tree is maybe sick, um, mm-hmm. because the gardens haven't been there to like, feed it the way that it needs to be fed maybe it's it's all the stuff about the tree is kind of vague but yeah you, you fix yeah, the, but tree. the idea yeah. is that like yeah the tree feeds on some kind of like force of like nature and psychic energy on the island and normally like nono was the one who was like maintaining the gardens and making sure the balance stayed but because he's been sick um things have uh have fallen apart and all the gardens are gone um so you have to bring them back and you do like in the beginning you heal your grandfather by giving him a potentially like very poisonous leaf from one yeah. of these uh that just grows on the island yeah like the uh karu comes to you at the at this sort of shrine space and he's like you need to find the i think it's the dracania plant. yeah Dracania. he's like you yeah. need to find it and feed it to your grandpa and you like bring it to him and he eats it and he's like wait you didn't eat any of this did you because <laughs> yeah. this, like, could this is kill actually you. incredibly dangerous yeah and you're yeah. like oh, my, oh shit okay. did i just kill you i think yeah yeah 
Um, but yeah, it also it all like kind of ends remarkably happily. Like you help your grandfather, you kind of resolve a lot of like rifts between people. Like all of the the characters' little dramas kind of tie up relatively neatly. Yeah, I think the only one is uh, uh, Mew, who she at the end she decides, you know, I need to finally like move on with my life. But there's a there's a really great sequence where um, after after you come back from the the like the place way down below where you go to the spore, uh, you if you oh, go yeah. back down there, you see that she's like waiting outside of that area uh, with a spear, and she's like, I I had to come down here because if you came out like RD, I had to do like I had to be prepared to stop kill you. you from yeah. going on this rampage which was surprisingly raw yeah but Mew is uh canonically probably the most badass uh person on the <laughs> yeah. island so yeah she's pretty great I, uh yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess I forgot to mention that like part of your like going into the spirit world to save your grandpa thing is you have to go confront the fungus at, at the bottom of the the town and it's it's like a real creepy journey and it like at first it looks like it's destroying you, uh, but it's actually like giving you memories of when the meteor hit the island. And the and- song that it plays is so fucking good. <laughs> Just as an aside. Yeah, there's some there's some good stuff in this game. There, I I keep I think they're gonna release the soundtrack, and I really hope they do it soon because man, do I want the soundtrack. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, it's. Is it not already on? I, uh, if it is, I didn't see it, but it. Oh be. yeah, I guess it's not yet. Um, yeah, it's that's a real like fucked up sequence. It's cool, yeah. but it's very like disturbing. And you see some other things in your sort of visions that are not explained. Like um, the there's a story that like Kai's uh, father died in like a plane crash. Um, but you see this, so, and she always like imagines him in this little. Um, it's like a floating, an island yeah, floating, a floating in the island sky. in the yeah. sky, yeah. And so she sees like a vision of him tending a garden on this floating island. <laughs> yeah. And as well as a bunch of other things. Um, but yeah, that's a it's a real cool sequence. The ending of this game kind of like sells a lot for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess that's, like, the overall plot. And then there's, like, a, you know, a cute epilogue where, like, everybody takes a picture together because, you know, Kai has to go back to the mainland. But the implication is that uh, she's, you know, going to be able to come back to visit and there'll be more. And because now the, you know, rift between the grandfather and mother are healed, is, is basically healed. So there'll be, you know, a oh, lot yeah. more. Kai's going to bring her little brother and she wants to yeah. introduce uh, her little brother to the dots. Yeah. Uh, to- Toby or Tony, one of those two? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> um, Toby, yeah. I think. You never see him. Yeah. He's only ever, like, uh, talked about. To, yeah. 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 So it's. The, so the story is, like, very cool. The dialogue is very, like, natural and well written. You really get a strong sense of these people and and who they are, and they really feel like real characters. It has a very, like, honest, small-town vibe mm-hmm. uh, kind of feel to it. Um, so, yeah, the writing overall is, is, like, very solid, which it would have to be. This is a very narrative game. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Especially, like, second half. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like super on point. Yeah. And then uh the the art is really cool. It's like this kind of like slightly abstracted paper cutout style mm-hmm. um that just it's like simple in and enough to like not be an overwhelming chore in terms of like making assets I'm, I'm sure yeah but that it's you know it's it's very evocative yeah some some surprisingly really great animations as well like characters moving in ways that you wouldn't expect them to like I know there's one like where the scene where the band is performing and like Aelin <laughs> oh, yeah. is dancing and it's it's such a good dance loop. I'm like, well gosh. That's really great. Yeah. Um yeah, and then the you know, the sounds and music are, are also very solid, uh, as Kelso mentioned. Yeah. I, I Yeah, so there's there's like a lot to recommend this game. Yes. The mechanically kind of sparse, but narratively and in terms of like tone and the design and overall mood, super good. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the the gardening mechanic is basically my only complaint. Well, the gardening mechanic and the like pace of the opening. Like, I wish that it had gotten sort of to the point a little bit faster, uh, and I wish that the gardening had been more of a game because I like it was already like a part that I came back to a lot that I like one of my favorite things to do in the game because it just gave me a break from running around and talking to everybody all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I wish there had been a little more depth to it. Yeah, I agree. Cause it, you know, it, it works. Um, and it's not like a chore to do. It's actually kind of nice. Like I'm going to arrange my plants. I'm going to try to make everything look nice. It's mm-hmm. just, it doesn't do beyond the really surface level stuff. It doesn't do a whole lot to serve the story. Mm-hmm. So, well, I would argue actually that it's, it's there more for the story than anything else. Well, um, yeah, but like there's like arranging stuff and making a pretty garden. Oh, and... Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, doing it, doing doesn't it well do anything. doesn't affect anything. In yeah. The like, story. like I'm thinking specifically about how like the, the the melancholia one of the moods is melancholy and that's the design or that's the garden that you plant uh near muse burn down house and it's like i was it would have been neat if you like you planted a bunch of melancholy plants but then you sort of pepper in like you have to pepper in some other moods like more uplifting moods mm-hmm. as like you to, recognize like, yeah better. you recognize the sadness but also like helping to heal from it or whatever yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah that's, if that had been like a slightly more advanced mechanic, ugh. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, as we said, like it does serve like the tone and flow of the story pretty well. As is, I kind of like accidentally screwed myself over with the melancholy garden a little bit, uh, as as to the as much as you can, uh, which is that I I planted. I was like, oh, there's like a little bench in the front here. I should plant like this cool <laughs> overhanging tree right in front of the bench because then people on the bench will get shade and it, it looked really cool and so I left it there and then at the end of the game Miu is waiting for you there and I couldn't see her because she was behind the tree <laughs> Yeah. so I went all over looking for her and I'm like I gotta talk to Miu where's Miu and then I like got back there and I had like already gone like past her like three times and I'm like oh she's behind the goddamn tree yeah 
Um, but I, you know, I wasn't mad because I, that tree looked rad there. So. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes you just, you gotta do what looks cool. Carl, will you start to say something? Nope. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. And it's like all of the gardens have like these different moods. And so they create these kind of different themes. I guess we can go through what the gardens are. Um, the first one is the Pacific one, which is like on your uh, sort of your grandfather's rooftop. Um, there's the Melancholia, which is um, like, yeah, as we said, the burned down house. Um, the harsh, there's Harsh. Yeah. Yeah. Harsh is like out on the beach. It's like all this like scrubland type uh, stuff, a little windswept. Um, that one is, does that, what do you grow there for like a, you're growing like the the like. Oh, you're uh, growing the the plants that Aelin needs to like make. Aelin also, I don't know if we mentioned it. She runs the bathhouse. Yeah, um, she, she runs like a beauty parlor basically. Yeah, and she needs some plant to make like you know moisturizer or something. Yeah, or some scent or something. Uh, yeah, so you you're growing that for her. Um, and that's also the garden where uh, Spike and Claire have their date. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is super cute. Mm-hmm. I think the um, next one is Wanderlust. Yes, I think that's right. So Wanderlust is sort of Tongue's garden um, because it's about like how he he does want to like build that boat and get out there, but he's also afraid of like becoming his father. Um, and you build that like in the little shipyard, like garage space uh, by his house. And I think for that um, one, it's you're growing some plant that he needs to make a paint a pigment for yes, his boat. Paint for his boat. <clears throat> is the next one the mushroom or like the, the little fungus garden or is there one before uh, that? I think the next I think, I think it's, it's fungus. The, it's the two there's the other world and the euphoria which you need to grow before you can do your spirit world journey. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, so the there's like a mushroom garden down in the I guess you grow the you grow the treetop garden first. Um I think. Oh yeah, cuz you need There's some to, kind of gating thing. You you, you need, need to, to grow grow the berry bushes that the the dots like, and then the dot shaman will give you your totem that will help you get through the spirit world. Right, and you need to grow the fungus garden to get the stuff you have to chew to go in the field. Yeah, uh, yeah. So you draw. So in the treetops, um, there is the euphoria garden, um, which is full of like hanging mosses and like cool treetop plants. Uh, and then you go down into Jelly's um, little, uh, like, cave area, and you grow a mushroom garden. Uh, and one of the spore caps gives you the, like, glowing slime that you're supposed to chew. It's, like, basically a peyote-type thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the last one is spooky. Yeah. Yeah, and then the spooky is, like, after um, your, after your, like, failed journey when your grandfather is like dying and you're like super worried and fucked up, you grow the last garden, uh, which is out in the swamp, uh, by the temple of the, the tree. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's got all kinds of big spooky sw- swamp plants. Yeah. Uh, that one might be my favorite. <laughs> that yeah. or the treetop one. Um, and then you get something that you need in order to go back to, I don't know the if you even world. need anything from that. I think it's just, oh, I have to grow this 
seventh yeah, garden. Yeah, I have to. I have the, to grow the last garden so the tree will be healed, and then you take the trees. Then the tree like produces flowers, and right, yeah. the the flowers let you safely travel by the the venomous centipedes to get yeah. to the fungus. Yeah. Um. So there's a there's a lot of gardens, and they're all like fun and nice and and soothing. Yeah. <laughs> Even the harsh one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have much else to say about this game other than, like, it's a cool story. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed hanging out with these characters. I don't think, I think even if you've, like, um, you know, listened to this whole podcast so far and you feel like, oh, well, it's spoiled for me now, there's a lot to be gained from just playing it and, like, reading everyone's lines and, like, the good writing and just kind of experiencing the atmosphere for yourself. Yeah. There's a lot of really cool set pieces. Like, I really wish I would have had the opportunity to go back out on the boat with uh, Tongue and Mew, because that whole sequence where you're going through the swamp and there's this, like, you know, this really, like, beautiful hotel yeah. that had been there that is just destroyed and it's sinking into the swamp and the architecture's still visible, but there's, like, the the swamp trees growing all around it. Like, that was probably my coolest, the coolest part yeah. uh, of the game. Yeah, that was really neat. I, for me, I think, like, the end sequence with the... Or, like, the the various Dream World sequences. Yeah. Spirit World sequences were, like, really rad for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Am it's... I the only one that's getting extreme Night in the Woods vibes from this game? I could see that. Yeah. I think the, I think the art styles actually have something in common to some extent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it has that same kind of, like small town like politics sort of vibe yeah uh, and like a little bit of like spooky supernatural stuff on top of it yeah yeah it's just that one is a rust belt small town and the other one is tropical post-apocalyptic small town (laughs) yeah one is orange and one is green (laughs) yeah yeah That, that is true that is very true um, yeah, and it's I like the design of the space in Mutazione, where it's like just big enough to feel like there's a lot of stuff to explore, but small enough that it doesn't feel like a huge chore to go visit every area, yeah. uh, like each time. Cause the, Unless you're heading east. Yeah, well, but you only have to go there like once. You only um, have to. Yeah, no, I yeah, it's that that has like one or two too many screens yeah <laughs> that that area i feel like uh but for the the main area is all pretty condensed uh we didn't talk at all about the ui which is something that i really like in this oh, game yeah. um which is like when you approach people there's like a little pop-up thing that lets you know if you can talk to them uh and then if so the game is separated into like chapters and each chapter is separated into like the different parts of the day so it's like dawn morning midday afternoon evening and like night i think so yeah and uh there's a really like nice feature where your journal basically keeps track of like here's an important plot thread that you need to follow in this chapter and here's the thing that you can do in order to advance time to the next section and if you are about to talk to someone who will advance time to the next section instead of having like the little sort of speech bubble icon that you can talk to them they have a like a clock icon indicating mm-hmm. the time will advance and that was like just it's like a simple thing 
but it's a really nice touch because yes. otherwise it would be so easy to like miss stuff that you wanted to see. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was grateful for that as well. Um, I thought that was really well done. I thought the journal is also kind of cute and snarky because like, as you check things off, off your to-do list, you get like a little response from Kai for like how it went. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like, there's some fun stuff in there. I didn't read it every time, but like, there's one when uh, the band is going to be playing and, like, they're not sure if, like, Miu's going to be feeling up to playing. Uh, hmm. No, sorry, they're not sure if Miu and Spike will make up in time to play. Yeah. And uh, so, like, when you talk to them, there's uh, – or the – and you learn that they, they actually will be playing the, the thing in the journal is like, yeah, band night. Uh, also like, I guess I'm, I'm happy that like Mew and, and Spike made up, but band night. I think, uh, yeah, there's another great one where you have decided that you're going on the boat trip with tongue and Mew and boat the, trip, the journal boat just trip, says, boat, boat trip, trip, boat trip, boat trip. trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so you get a lot of like Kai's personality from that. Yeah, I will um, say though that like a lot of the time it felt like another person was writing the journal entries compared to the person who like is actually talking yeah, to everyone it, on the island. It felt yeah, weird. it it felt like someone told you go talk to this person. Mm, yeah, which I mean is necessary mechanically because you got to know um, like what to do next. But yeah, it was a little bit like very very leading. I also thought it was interesting that uh in in dialogue you have options for how to respond to things yeah i'm gonna bring that up the only two options effectively are be earnest or be snarky or like flippant i guess is a better way of putting it which i don't know i never i was always only ever earnest yeah same like uh and like sometimes the options the two options are like fairly different but sometimes they're like practically the same and you can pretty much tell that the dialogue written in response was written so that it could be a response to either of those two options. Yeah. Like it really felt like none of the dialogue options made any difference at any point. Um, I um, guess that's, that's one more complaint is I wish that like there would have been more callbacks to like things that you actually said or did. Yeah. It's either like ha- have different dialogue options and have them matter or just don't because I, I would have been fine if those options weren't there and you were just going through the dialogue i will say i i love dialogue options that let you stay silent yeah yeah that is nice and this game does it a lot yeah <laughs> yeah and I guess in places the... where it feels natural yeah that's the third <laughs> option i forgot about yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but yeah no i like, it wouldn't have had to be, like, big callbacks, but just a little thing here and there that, like, oh, because you said this thing in response to this person, it's clear that, like, you got this, di- like, set of dialogue later on. Oh, like, yeah. is it is it possible that the thing you choose makes Claire and Spike not go on the date in the end? Because Claire asks you for advice about, like, what she should do. Oh, I don't know. And you do have a dialogue option there, but I don't know if, like, I never got the impression that I was making any difference in what would happen or even what would be said. Yeah. And, like, a, a little bit of a nod to, to that would have been nice. 
Yeah, I feel like the only thing that you can really do is piss off your grandpa uh, <laughs> in in dialogue, and that you end up having a big fight, like narratively anyway. So mm-hmm. it's whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's like one kind of minor could be better like note, uh, design note. But overall, I think it works really well for what it is. Um, and I'm happy we played it. And I encourage other people to go play it. Yeah, this was a good one. Because I feel like little indie games like this need more support. Yes. So, <laughs> uh, All right, anything else that people have to say on the subject? No. Nope. All right. Uh, let's talk about our next game. Uh we are going to be playing uh, Old Man's Journey. Did I did I just do? I just dropped something heavy. Um, oh no! <laughs> it's oh, no. probably it's probably fine. Um, uh, so Old Man's Journey uh, is a short narrative game um, in which you are an old man who gets a letter and goes on a journey, and part of that journey is also kind of through his own memories. Um, and the main, it's it's nominally a puzzle game, although the puzzles, from what I remember, are not very hard. Um, where the main mechanic is grabbing and pulling around the landscape to change it, oh. so that the old man can go on his journey. Um, I've, I haven't played it myself, but I did see um, Sean Bloom play it on Play by Play uh, a long while back. Um, and it seemed very cool. And I think it's been long enough now that I've, like don't remember any of the puzzle solutions, uh, so I can play it now. Um, but yeah, it's, it's sort of short and wistful. Um, I think it may have some, some things in common with this game tone-wise. Um, so it's not exactly the same tone, but it, you know, as I say, it may be similar. Yeah, um, so we'll mostly see. Mostly we just picked a short one uh, because, yeah. because holiday next weekend. Yeah, because there's some holidays coming up. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's available uh, at least on Steam and probably in a bunch of other places. It's not super expensive. Yeah, it's on um, Switch, too, I, I can see. Yeah. And so check it out. Uh, Old Man's Journey by Broken Rules. Oh, I'm looking at it now. It's available on everything. PS4, Switch, <laughs> Android, iOS, Windows, Mac, and Xbox One. So... Yeah, I could see this game being, like, really nice to play on mobile. It feels like it has a very touch-friendly mechanic. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's Uh, true. So, um, yeah. Pick your platform of choice, play it over the next couple weeks, uh, and then we will be back talking about it in hopefully two weeks. But, again, it is holiday season, so there's the chances of delays are high. (laughs) Yeah. But that's okay. What are you going to do? All right. So You're going to play a short game is what you're going to do. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. So that, so that you don't have to worry about it too yeah. much. And then we're going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Huh. All right. Well, that's been a good... That's been that's been an episode. Uh, well, let's see. What do we usually say? Oh, yeah. We usually do uh, plugs. Outros. Yeah. <laughs> Outros. Oh, it's been a month. It's been a month. It's fine. I gotta get back into it. Uh, hello. I'm Kelso. You can find me on Twitter at Kelso Time Bomb. Uh, tweeting about dogs as of late. 
Yes, or you can find Kelso under the Feedback Force pseudonym. Uh, oh, at, at Feedback, feedback Force. Force. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's that's where you should that's where you should tweet at if you want to recommend games to us, mm-hmm. uh, or if you want to be a guest on the show because we like having people come on and, and talk to uh, talk to us about what they felt about the game. That's yeah. like a fun thing. Having guests is great, and it's super easy to do. All you have to be do is play the game and be available on a Sunday afternoon. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, morning if you're on the West Coast. Morning if you're on the West Coast. Midday if you're uh, on, on the East Coast. And whatever other times, depending on wherever in the <laughs> wherever world the you are. Wherever the heck Carl is. <laughs> wherever the heck I am. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, okay. I am at Kyla underscore go on Twitter. Uh, if you want to follow my personal account and just have, see my random tweets, uh, or at Wintermore TC if you'd like to follow the game that I am working on, Wintermore Tactics Club, which oh my God, we are writing locked this Monday, so oh, we have man. to finish all of the writing <laughs> in the next day and a half. Uh, yeah, I believe in you. Basically, the next yeah. day at this point. You got uh, this. It's fine. Actually, we're actually mostly done at this point. Um, the only thing we're doing right now is uh, we're putting commentary on the localization documents so that um, the translators can, uh, like, know what when we're being sarcastic and when we're making weird reference jokes and things like that. Yeah. Good things for localizers to know. Yeah. Um, that's that's it for me. Yeah, and I'm at Gug3. On the Twitters. On the Twitters. Yep. Any any homework? For us this week, no. Carl? Okay. <laughs> someday. Someday yeah. there'll be real homework. Yep. Alright, yeah. That's 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 been this episode. Uh thanks for listening, y'all. Thanks for if you've gotten this far all the way to the end. Thanks for uh thanks for being so dedicated. We appreciate it. Yeah, look, this this episode comes at you uh from with great personal cost to us <laughs> having having delays re-recordings all kinds yeah, of stuff having suffered through technical difficulties so you're gonna you're gonna take it and you're gonna be thankful for it think about think about yeah, all the have, have, have feedback for us be the thing that you're thankful for yeah. this Thanksgiving. yeah think about all the the kids in africa who don't have yeah. podcasts <laughs> Yeah. And eat your green beans. We, we, we fully understand and know that uh, we are the most important thing in your life. Um, and so thanks for letting us do that for you. Yeah. yeah. Or, or more like, you're welcome. Yep. Yep. <laughs> okay. You're welcome. You're all we're welcome. Um, all right. Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye.